The reading this morning is taken from Acts chapter 20, beginning at verse 13. We went ahead to the ship and sailed for Assos, where we were going to take Paul aboard. He had made this arrangement because he was going there on foot. When he met us at Assos, we took him aboard and went on to Mytilene. The next day we set sail from there and arrived off Chios. The day after, we crossed over to Samos and on the following day arrived at Miletus. Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus to avoid spending time in the province of Asia, for he was in a hurry to reach Jerusalem, if possible, by the day of Pentecost. From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, You know how I lived the whole time I was with you. From the first day I came into the province of Asia, I served the Lord with great humility and with tears, although I was severely tested by the plots of the Jews. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I've declared to both Jews and Greeks that you must turn, they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I could finish the race and complete the task, the Lord Jesus has given to me the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Good morning. According to church leader and cultural commentator Mark Sayers, to be human we need three things. Meaning, connection and freedom. And he likened these three elements of our humanity as being like tanks that each need to be filled up so we need meaning or purpose in our lives, a sense that we're all part of a big story. St. Augustine describes the journey many of us are on to find meaning in this way. Our heart wrestles until we find our home in God, our home in God. We need meaning. Secondly, we need connection. We need connection with other people. As humans, we're built to be in relationship, in community with other people and with God. And then there's freedom, thirdly. Mark Sayers observes that over recent years in the West, freedom is the need which we have fed and focused on more than any other. Think about it just for a moment. Our desire for freedom means that now we can be whoever we want to be. We can buy whatever we want to buy. We can think whatever we want to think. You can normally travel anywhere that you want to travel. We have focused so much on filling our need for freedom tank that the result is that our tanks of meaning and connection have been depleted. But I wonder whether over the past three months, Things have shifted slightly. Lockdown has stifled all our freedom, hasn't it? 
We haven't been able to do what we want to do. We haven't been able to go where we want to go. We've had to comply with rules that other people have made. And so we've been forced to pay attention to our other needs. Some of us have begun to search for meaning in a deeper way, perhaps in our relationship with God. But lots of us have had to pay attention to our need for connection far more deliberately. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's enjoyed family Zooms over the last uh, few weeks and months. I've had a Zoom every Sunday afternoon with my auntie and my cousins who live all over the UK. It's something we've never done before and we've loved doing. I've caught up with friends that perhaps I would only speak to once a year and we've spoken to each other a couple of times over lockdown. Here at P's and G's, we've seen people connecting all over the place. Around a thousand people a week are engaging fully and deliberately with our online services. We've had to start three new connect groups. I've heard wonderful stories of people looking after each other, connecting uh, as a church in a myriad of ways during lockdown. And that need for connection stirs in us as we sit here on our sofas engaging in online church. When we see different people on our screen, something happens in us. And how many of us have wept at different times watching the service? Because we long for connection with each other. Perhaps when somebody else pops up on the screen to lead worship, we find ourselves weeping. And we long for that time where we can physically gather together again in the building and connect with each other. Jesus prioritised connection and relationship with other people and with God. It's at the heart of what it means to be human and Jesus knows that. And it's at the heart of Jesus' mission. Jesus says in Matthew 22, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. Love others, love God. And the Apostle Paul is someone whose life was completely modelled on Jesus. He didn't always get it right. He was human. But we know he is an all-in disciple of Jesus. He spoke and lived Jesus. And many people became disciples of Jesus through him. In this passage that Anne read for us today from Acts chapter 20, we find Paul giving his farewell speech to a group of Christian friends. And we get an insight into how much Paul invested in his relationships. Firstly, did you notice how Paul went out of his way to spend time with his friends? In Acts 20 verses 13 to 16, Luke describes this completely manic journey Paul is on. I'd say all the names of the places he went to, but I can't pronounce them. He goes all over the place. And even though he's in a rush to get to Jerusalem, Luke tells us, he stops in Miletus. He pauses to gather his, this group of Ephesian church leaders, his friends, to come and meet with him, speak with him one last time. Paul goes out of his way to spend time with his friends. 
Good relationships always involve personal sacrifice, don't they? Going out of our way to help people, putting yourself second for the sake of that friend, giving time. Just think for a moment, what does it feel like when someone gives you time? It makes me feel valued, listened to, it makes me feel worthy, loved. These are Christ-like gifts we can give to others. When I was a young leader, I had a friend who opened her life to me, who gave to me, who was there uh, to talk to and, and pray with. She loved me and she still does. And she showed me what it was like to be a disciple of Jesus and to make disciples. She went out of her way and gave of herself. Think back to those tanks from earlier. I wonder how many times that relationship connection tank has felt depleted in your life. You found yourself yearning for connection, perhaps with other Christians. But something still stops us sending that text or joining that group or inviting someone around. Is it because we just can't be bothered? or we haven't got time, or we're too invested perhaps in filling our own personal freedom tank to give ourselves to other people. But when we give, we receive. It's how the church is built, how disciples are made. So invite that person. Meet with people over coffee. Join a connect group. Make that phone call. We need to sacrifice of ourselves, to connect fully with other people. And secondly, we see Paul's authenticity in his relationships. These people, uh, you know, are not just distant acquaintances of Paul's, but they are his friends. They're his loved ones, people who Paul knows deeply. He'd spent 80 months, two years in Ephesus with these people. He'd shared his life with them. They know him. Acts 20 verse 18 says, Paul said to them, you know how I lived the whole, whole time I was with you. From the first day I came into the province of Asia, you know how I lived. And then verse 20, you know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you. These people know Paul. He knows that they know him. They've lived life with him. They've shared life with him. They have knowledge of his life, his preaching, his ministry, who he is, what he does in his spare time, how hard he works. They have shared life together. And now he's facing some sort of smear campaign. And so he's defending himself by reminding these, these pastors in Ephesus that because they know him, they know what is the truth and what is not. Do you and I allow people to really know us, to see our lives, the good bits and the not so good bits. It's so important to nurture these sorts of real authentic relationships. I have a few people around me who know me, really know me, and I trust these people to share my joys and my struggles in life with them. I do life with these people. And so let's be proactive in being authentic in our relationships. It takes courage to let people in, but that's how Christian community is built. Perhaps ask a couple of people uh, to become your prayer partners so you can do that sharing of life with give and receive. 
or just connect with over food or invite someone to meet with you for a coffee or a walk. Jesus says, this is how people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Let's be the ones whose lives scream of Jesus' love by the way that we love one another. And then thirdly, Paul's authenticity in relationship is seen through his humility. He says this in verse 19, I served the Lord with great humility and with tears and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. He served with humility and tears. Church leader uh, Rick Warren says this, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. And this goes against the grain, doesn't it, of our egocentric lives. But look at how Jesus loved. He saw the individual, he listened to them and their needs, and he responded to their need in a real and practical way. It was nothing to do with making himself look good in front of other people or those crowds that were following him around. It was all about loving people and helping them to discover the love of God. True humility in relationship is, is when it's all about the other. When you make that phone call or you, you ask how somebody is or you drop them a card or a gift round and you do it purely out of concern for them. Not because actually you're secretly hoping that they will think of you a little bit better or, or better still, they'll tell somebody what you've done to make you look better. Paul loved and he served these people from a place of humility and with tears, he tells us as well. Paul's humility and authentic love for Jesus and for these people, his friends, meant that even though he was a comfortable, educated, eloquent guy who in Edinburgh terms would have probably uh, come from Morningside or Stockbridge, he could genuinely say that Jesus broke his heart for these people. Verse 24, I consider my life worth nothing to me compared to, the finish, compared to finishing the race, completing the task God has given me. I consider my life nothing to me. That is pure humility. Jesus broke into Paul's heart and he took Paul to his knees. His love for Jesus, his love for others, meant that everything else for him became about completing the task God had given him. And so as we ease out of lockdown, I think that we've been given this moment in history to stop and to look at our lives and to decide whether going forward, God is calling us to live differently, to get things back in kilter, to pay attention to connection, relationship, community, to pay attention to loving him and loving each other in the way that Jesus calls us all to do and is ultimately life and society changing. Jesus has given us all a commission, every single one of us, however old or young we are, to make disciples. And the vehicle we have to, to make disciples is the church, community, connections, relationship, relationship 
with other people and with God. And so let's begin by asking God to radically change our hearts, to bring us to our knees, to give us hearts to love and to love him. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you uh, for the gift of community and the gift of each other. We pray that you would help us, give us courage to build community sacrificially with humility, to love each other in the way that you have loved us, to love the people that we live amongst in a way which shows people what it means to follow you and love you. Lord, may your church be built. May your kingdom come. Amen.